The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There's a strong link between sports and medicine. If you're not at the top of your medical game, you can't play well, or you just can't play. Welcome to Bruce the Sports Doc with medical expert Dr. Bruce Grossinger. This program looks at advances and breakthroughs in medicine and how it relates to sports. Plus, you'll receive preventative tips and analysis of sports injuries this week. Now, here's Bruce the Sports Doc. Welcome to the newest edition of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and welcome to the Voice American Network. My co-host, Spencer Grossinger, is a bit under the weather, so I'm going to do it alone for you tonight. Tonight, we saw the unveiling of the Chip Kelly era. Philadelphia and Washington. The lights were on. Monday night football. And what a game it was. Being an Eagles fan, I wasn't expecting very much. I was expecting the defense to be shred by RG3. First game in 11 days at halftime after running 50 plus plays the eagles were ahead 26 to 7 and ironically the washington touchdown was what i consider a fluke michael vick threw the ball it got tipped and d'angelo hall ran back the fumble for 75 yards We looked at the replay over and over again, and after driving down and almost scoring a touchdown, the Eagles were in a hole 7-0. We watched Chip Kelly very carefully. Didn't see any doubt on his face. And they came back, Alex Henry, with a nice 48-yard field goal, and then the Eagles started rolling. A great pass from Michael Vick to Deshaun Jackson. Flashed down the right side, cut across the end zone. Caught a nice touchdown. Then the momentum continued in the first quarter when there was a fumble in the end zone. Eagles get a safety. End of first quarter. Eagles 12, Washington 7. Then you saw the hurry-up offense. It turns out that the Eagles' 50-plus plays were, were the most plays run from scrimmage since 2008 with Peyton Manning, another wizard of the offense at the hurry-up offense. LaShawn McCoy played like a beast. 31 carries, 184 yards. One concern from watching the game, particularly in the second half, was that it seemed like Philadelphia kind of went into the prevent offense, and uh, Michael Vick took some unnecessary hits. He's running out of bounds. Instead of throwing the ball, he took he took a big hit. At the end, he had a 38-yard run 
to really give the Eagles some breathing room. But at the end, got tackled, and it looked like he had a partial groin strain. He was able to come back and finish the game, but Chip Kelly really couldn't take his foot off the gas at the end. And he, he played McCoy right into the end. At one point, McCoy was down with cramps, and he came back and finished the game. Listen to the Chip Kelly uh, press conference. Usually glib, you know. Basically, he said, we don't really count how many plays we do. We just react to whatever the defense is doing. But he came out of multiple sets. Very, very quick calls. You saw all the gyrations in the, in the cards on the sideline. And Michael Vick ended up with no interceptions. A quarterback rating of 112. RG3, nightmare of a first half, but came back and ended up throwing for 329 yards. In the second half, you could see RG3 got his rhythm. A lot of screens, a lot of quick passes. They were picking up the blitz nicely. Let's talk about the players of the game. My star of the game for the Eagles is Kerry Williams. Certainly, in the offseason, he distinguished himself by being what I consider a total distraction. Missing OTAs because he wanted to pick out sconces with his wife. Are you kidding me? Then, a big fight. In the last, actually it was um, at practice. He actually got into a punching match with Riley Cooper and apparently was taunting Riley about Riley's indiscretion with, with dropping the, uh, the N-word. And he just wondered whether this guy was any more than an average cornerback. Well, today with the bright lights on, he made some great plays. One of the best interceptions I've seen. He literally went vertical on a pass towards the sidelines and caught the ball and somehow maintained not, you know, managed not to have it hit the ground. An incredible play. A wonderful blitz from the blind side. Tackled RG3. Essentially ending a Washington Redskins drive. And one thing I can say about the Philadelphia defense. Tremendous tackling tonight. Great energy. Looking at the, uh, going to take a look at the, at the stats for tackles. Michael Kendricks, a total of 10 tackles, 6 solo tackles. He really looks like the 3-4 defense is perfect for him. He was rushing the quarterback, delayed blitzes. He was all over the field. D'Amico Ryans, the middle linebacker, 8 tackles. The one thing that was impressive was turnovers. Brian Boykin, Patrick Chung, each with an interception. And Trent Cole, looking at the stats, only four tackles, three solo tackles, but he was all over the field, completely dominating every play in the first half. Trent Cole was a guy on the bubble. Some people wondered, is he going to make the team at all? Can he make the transition from a, uh, a smallest defensive lineman to a, a linebacker to 3-4? Last year, Trent had an off year. Some thought he might have been released. 
Fletcher Cox, another great game. He was a lot of push on the on the line. And the Eagles special teams. Great coverage, tremendous energy. For the most part, excellent punt team. At the very end, you knew Washington was going to uh, kick an onside kick. And uh, great job of recovering the football by Jason Avant. A guy who had fumbled the ball, which really triggered the turnaround for the Redskins, was Avant's fumble. And you saw him, you know, getting tough on the ground and pulling in that onside kick to essentially clinch the game for the Eagles. So as we head into week two, short week against the San Diego Chargers, the Eagles are atop the division with the Dallas Cowboys, 1-0. Let's talk a little bit about Giants-Cowboys. Dallas eked out a win 36-31. A real gutty performance by Tony Romo. On one point, he was sandwiched by two defenders. This was at the end of the first half. It looks like he may have broken ribs. He had x-rays which were negative, came back in the second half, toughed it out, and gutted the team to a win. Eli Manning, never say die, came back strong, just ran out of time. 450 yards, four touchdowns. However, the story of the game was six turnovers by the New York Giants. Two fumbles by David Wilson. And David Wilson got benched. On the news today, you'll see the Giants are actively shopping around. Looking at Brandon Jacobs, looking at Willis McGahee, both 30-plus performers. And it looks like David Wilson in the NFL, when you, when you fumble the ball, it's very easy to get in the doghouse. And you just looked at his face in the second half. And uh, Tom Coughlin had enough of fumbles and turnovers. And you just wonder whether Wilson is going to survive another week. In my opinion, the story of the Dallas win was with defensive coordinator Monty Kiffin. An amazing scheme returned to form by many players on the Dallas defense. You look at the line score, you see DeMarcus Ware with zero tackles. However, this doesn't tell the story of the game. DeMarcus Ware tied up offensive linemen, allowing his other linemates to go in and wreak havoc on Eli Manning. DeMarcus Ware, who was injured last year, some said he was washed up, came back and really played a great game. In my opinion, the star of the game was linebacker Bruce Carter. Nine tackles, six solo tackles, one sack. He was all over the he was all over the field. Nice performance by Will Allen. Sean Lee went down with an injury. He's the leader. Number fifty, Penn State Nidalee Lion, came back and, and had a great game and really led the Dallas defense particularly in the first half, where they were pressuring Eli and also forcing six Giants turnovers. So it was just too much. The Giants couldn't recover, 
And in the end, Dallas wins at home to go 1-0. So recapping the NFC East, we've got the Eagles, the Chip Kellys, running roughshod over the Redskins, hanging on to win. And likewise, you had Dallas wreaking havoc on the New York Giants. Six turnovers and holding on to win. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Bruce's Sports Talk. We're just getting started. Week one, NFL football. Go get yourself a snack. I'll be back in three minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine. Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you a Philly sports fan? Maybe you're local to Philly, or you're a transplanted Philly fan. Either way, you want to check out Philly Sports Jabronis. It's a radio show that has nothing to do with Chicago sports. It's not about NYC, and L.A. can't even muster a football team of their own. It's all about Philly sports, and nothing but Philly sports most of the time. Join your hosts Mike Greger and Joe Dara every Friday at 7 p.m. Philly time, 4 p.m. on the West Coast for the transplants on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move oh, on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the next segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and we want to thank Sports Director... Ray Ellis, for allowing us to have this airtime. We want to thank Station President Jeff Spinard, and we're really excited about beginning another exciting year 
of Bruce's Sports Talk as we rumble into the first week of the NFL season. I'd like to flash around the league, give you my thoughts on week one. One of the most exciting games I saw this weekend was the effort by the Buffalo Bills going into the fourth quarter with a 17-0 lead. They looked totally different. Very organized, great hitting, forcing turnovers. They had Tom Brady on the ropes. But sure enough, as we've seen so many times before, Brady rallied the troops. Two smallish, rather slow receivers. Julian Edelman and Amendola seemed to catch pass after pass, driving down, and sure enough, as the clock was winding down, Tom Brady put them in position to win the game. And steady Eddie, Steven Goskowski, booted a 33-yard field goal, and then finally with five seconds left, the Bills could do nothing but watch a 35-yard field goal. And yet another time, the Patriots had stolen the victory. And end week one at the top of the NFC East, just edging the Bills 23-21. to Look at Detroit, winning at home, 34-24. to An inspiring performance by Matt Stafford. Or I should say Matthew Stafford. 43 passes. 28 completion, 357 yards. And Detroit seems to be that way. They usually seem to come out of the gate pretty strong. Minnesota, very average game by Christian Ponder. For Adrian Peterson, 93 yards, something we come to expect. But sure enough, the home team carried the day, and the Lions win 34-24 over the Vikings. The most interesting and surprising score of the weekend is Kansas City Chiefs going to visit the hapless Jacksonville Jaguars in a score that has never been replicated. We're checking with the Elias Sports Bureau, and again, we're correct. In the history of the NFL, since they wore leather helmets, there was never a team to lose 28-2, to but somehow... The Jags had the dubious distinction of only scoring a safety. And at one point, actually leading the game 2-0, a baseball score. Kansas City with Big Red, Andy Reid, Alex Smith, a a workman-like performance. And it looks like the belt and suspenders approach by Reid seemed to carry the day. Nothing flashy. 173 yards, two TDs. Good running by Charles of the Chiefs. Sherman, four receptions, 44 yards. But again, the story is that there are many really bad teams in the NFL, and the Jaguars certainly distinguish themselves by only scoring two points at home and getting bageled in the last three quarters. Oakland, surprisingly good effort, but sure enough, Indianapolis 
carried by the winged foot, winged feet actually, of Andrew Luck. Indianapolis wins. Clutch is out at the end. It sneaks in for a 21-17 victory. If you like offense, you love the New Orleans Saints, the Drew Breeses against the Matty Ice Ryans, and a lot of offense inside the Superdome. And the Saints, after a horrible last year, where it seemed like everybody, uh, everything was lost, including especially the head coach, end up sitting nicely at top of the division after a 23-17 win over the Falcons. In what I call the Comedy of Errors Bowl, the New York Jets squeaked out a win over the Tampa Bay Bucks, 18-17. Pittsburgh Steelers, I thought they'd rebound. Last year was really um, very uninspiring. They end up losing to Tennessee, 16-9. Carolina looked really bad in the preseason. We saw um, the Eagles, you know, not very motivated, but yet still beating the, the Carolina team. Seattle Seahawks getting prepared for a big game next week. A showdown with Seattle and San Francisco. The two hot quarterbacks, Russell Wilson and Colin Kaepernick. Certainly a marquee game for the network. And uh, that's going to be a great game. This was uninspiring. In Seattle, just eked out a bit of a baseball score, 12-7. The Cleveland Whedons fall to the Miami Dolphins, two relatively bottom-dwelling teams. Cleveland still looking bad. Joe Banner's countenance could not save the Browns from a victory, from a loss to the Dolphins, 23-10. Really exciting and inspiring game. Denver, fueled behind the record-tying seven touchdowns by Peyton Manning, looked exceptional in a 49-27 win over Baltimore. The first half looked like Baltimore was going to be gritty. Joe Flacco, the defense. But Denver just pounded it out. And reports out of Denver are that Following the neck surgery a year ago, Peyton Manning's arm strength was down last year. And all witnesses said that that his strength would be much better. And sure enough, he was flaunting his arm and just throwing the ball all over the field for really exciting kickoff on Thursday night to propel Denver into first place in advance of what will be the Manning Bowl next week. Prime time, 4.30 to Meadowlands. You got big brother Peyton rumbling into the Meadowlands to face Eli and the just-beaten Giants. The Giants going to come back and rebound, or is Denver going to continue its dominant play? That, my friends, will be a game to watch. Going around the league, thankfully they're there were very few injuries to report. Rob Gronkowski, fresh after three surgeries for forearm fractures and after a surgery for a herniated disc, 
hasn't yet hit the field. The early projections are that he will return in week three. And certainly, they are short, obviously, with without Aaron Hernandez, who uh, likely won't return to play, barring a very unforeseen turnaround in, in his case, which seems to get worse and worse by the day. Gronkowski is really their hope as a big tight end, and hopefully uh, he can help out the, the, the smallest wide receivers and give Tom Brady a break. And uh, certainly after so many setbacks, we find ourselves rooting for Gronk, a good man, has his chin up, and is ready to return to the field in approximately two weeks. have to give my Coach of the Week honors to Chip Kelly. Many doubters. Very few people thought the Eagles had a chance. But essentially brought the high-powered offense in. Seemed like the team was crisp and well-coached. And really the story was they got off to such a big lead, 26-7. to They, they took their foot off the gas. But uh, Chip Kelly is the real deal. I think he's the most exciting coach in the league. We haven't seen the ratings come back from Monday Night Football, but I believe there are a lot of people around the country who are curious to see if if Chip Kelly could transcend the Oregon Ducks offense to the NFL. Certainly many have tried and failed. Steve Spurrier, an offensive genius, failed. Nick Saban quickly returned back to the college game. Very few have succeeded. Jimmy Johnson was one of the few who was able to take the high-powered Miami Hurricane offense and bring it to Dallas. And it seems he would have had a longer run if Jerry Jones' ego did not intervene. And even that, Barry Switzer, or anybody else for that matter, would have won with the personnel assembled by Jimmy Johnson. So it really is a long shot to succeed in the NFL with no coaching experience, to try to bring in and transcend the NFL game. But Chip Kelly so far, with the mandated heart monitors, monitoring of sleep, and individualized smoothies after practice, seems to have at least captured the hearts of the nation for one night. And the Eagles have, I think, a very winnable game against San Diego next week. San Diego is notoriously not a great road team and I believe the Eagles fans will be frothing from the mouth after watching a transcendent from stagnant, morose Andy Reid led team dead men walking for the last three years to exciting up-tempo Chip Kelly so tune in it should be an exciting game next week We're coming to the end of our second segment. We really appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to Bruce the Sports Doc. We've got some exciting sports medicine stuff coming up. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. What's it like to live life on the edge? Fire in the hole! It's that feeling of exhilaration after doing something that pushes your limits every day. Action sports athletes live their lives on the edge. Join professional ski patroller, journalist, and author Kim Kircher every week as she talks to guests who are exploring the edge. We'll look at everything including risks, motivation, and the rewards involved with getting out on the edge. You want to tune in every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Bombs away. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Lockdown Coverage. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the next segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. We're dealing with a very important area now which will be injuries to the low back. This could relate to your sports injuries or other types of trauma, such as falls at work or car accidents. This is an area of extreme expertise for Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. If you are within driving distance of the sound of my voice and you have a low back problem, whether it be a disc, whether it be a spinal cord injury, whether it be a car accident or a work accident, please call us. 
for consultation. 610-521-6063. Again, I'm Dr. Bruce Grossinger. Let's start out with the types of injuries in the low back. I like to think of three different main injuries in the low back that are serious. Number one, injuries to the discs. Okay, and they include bulging, protruding, or traumatic discs. That's when the inner core, which is the nucleus pulposus, essentially ruptures and breaks through the outer part, which is called the annulus fibrosis. Excuse the Latin. And what happens when a disc breaks out is it moves into an area where a nerve lives, a nerve root. In Latin, the word root is called radic. So when there is a disc problem or a bone spur which presses into a nerve root in the spine, or alternatively, if there is a tremendous force, particularly a flexion and extension force to the spine, that could actually tear or partially tear the nerve cables. The nerve cables are oriented such that there's an inner cable, which is like the inner part of a wire, that's called the axon, and there's an outer cable, which is called the myelin. So, we've talked about different injuries. What? Disc injury. That's one type of injury. Another type of injury is direct trauma to the nerve, stretching or pulling. If the nerve actually gets pulled out of the spinal column, that's called an avulsion. That leaves somebody with a flaccid limb, either an arm or leg, and total weakness. A nerve root avulsion, regrettably, is a very serious problem that's very difficult to treat. Another problem with the lumbar spine is called the facet syndrome. That is, the interconnecting joints are called facets. And in the same area, there are little nerves called median branches. And what happens is, there's injury to those joints and those nerves, and there's usually multiple levels of injury. So our treatment usually involves treating multiple levels, a three on average. So when you have a patient that comes in and tells you, I have back pain, morning stiffness, and you examine them, and they have tenderness overlying the facet joints, that's what we call a facet syndrome. When Tiger Woods injured his neck last year, he did not herniate a disc, but he had a cervical facet syndrome. He required treatment for that problem and eventually recovered. So when we think about it, we look at the back. In the midline area, we see midline discs and nerves. We also think about the facets, which is a vertically oriented group of multi-level nerves and joints. Finally, it's separate and distinct, something called the sacroiliac joint. When the pain is either on one side or both sides, unilateral or bilateral, and when I put my finger right on what we call the dimples of the back, otherwise known as the sacroiliac joint, the posterior superior iliac spines, and there's extreme tenderness there. Or alternatively, if there's unleveling, when I look at it carefully, if one of the sacroiliac joints is way higher than the other, I think about something called sacroiliac joint syndrome. Sacroiliac joint syndrome. How does it compare with the other entities? It typically does not radiate down into one or both legs. It's not radiating in character. It's not a radiculopathy. That's the Latin word. Also, it's usually in a different area. It doesn't go up the spine. It doesn't affect multiple levels. It basically is such when you put your finger on the SI joint, there's pain. 
And there's also two other tests called the Patrick's test, wherein you do a maneuver to the hip and the leg, and also something called a Lasagne's test, which is another provocative test we do in the office. When those tests are positive, they can support the diagnosis of sacroiliac dysfunction. Well, how do you treat sacroiliac dysfunction? Number one, anti-inflammatories, muscle relaxers, physical therapy, myofascial treatment, even gentle manipulation, either osteopathic manipulation or chiropractic manipulation. And also, we do both diagnostic and therapeutic injections. In the operating room, we do this in neuropain specialists. We take a needle, we place it down an x-ray beam directly at the SI joint, and we inject a powerful anti-inflammatory and local anesthetic agent. When that relieves the pain, that's a positive diagnostic test, and there's also a therapeutic component. We usually do up to three injections in the sacroiliac area. Okay, let's go back to diagnosis number one. Disc injuries, lumbar root injuries. How do we treat that? So how do we treat herniated discs? Number one, at the core is a good clinical exam. There are rare cases that represent true surgical emergencies. When somebody has an acute injury to their disc, they herniate it, and they develop an inability to pass urine, or they develop constipation, that is a true emergency. That indicates the likelihood of a spinal cord involvement, or what we call a cauda equina syndrome. That's a big word in Latin. Cauda equina relates to the horse's tail. In that case, we send them to an immediate surgeon who usually does a decompression. They remove the disc with or without a fusion to stabilize the spine. That's unusual, however. 95% or greater, we start off conservatively. Anti-inflammatory medicines, muscle relaxers, physical therapy, rest, stretching, second-tier treatment. We do epidural injections in our office. That means in an operating room, we place a needle at the level of the disc, above or below it. We inject corticosteroids, local anesthetic agents. We usually do two or three of these injections over a period of four to six weeks. In our hands, the epidural injections have a 70% chance of significantly impacting on the patient's problem. They don't remove the disc, but they usually can induce a relative remission, and they allow the patient to continue their activities. So, review. Disc injuries. Unless there's a true surgical emergency, we use physical therapy, medicines, injections. We also believe gentle mobilization, which can be done by a physical therapist or can be done safely by a chiropractic physician, are very important tools in the treatment of lumbar disc injuries. We talked about sacroiliac dysfunction, pain in the butt, literally, and these problems are treated by medicine, mobilization, and injections directly to the sacroiliac joint. The way we do our injections, we use a special x-ray machine called a fluoroscope. So we have actual pictures of the needle. We can see where the medicine is going, and we can follow that up, and we can share that with the patient. I believe at the core of the treatment of low back injuries is good communication, interaction between the doctor 
and the patient. And again, we can see low back injuries at a host of scenarios. We can see them from car accidents, work injuries, and particularly in the sporting environment. Oftentimes, it's a twist. It's an acceleration. It's a deceleration. It's a slip and fall. We see it a lot in the wintertime. Black ice, head over heels. I landed on my back. And when they come to us, we have to decide whether it's a serious neurological injury. Another class of back injuries are the non-serious variety, what we call the simple strain and sprain. Soft tissue injuries. These injuries get better, typically in four to six weeks. They require no formal um, injections or surgical treatment. They often don't require even CAT scans or MRIs. They usually get better with rest, anti-inflammatory medicines, something called a medrol dose pack, which is a methyl prednisolone pack over five days, gentle physical therapy, chiropractic care, and time. So if it's a simple low back strain, they get better. However, we see so many patients who are told by their doctors or by whomever, don't worry about it, you have a simple strain. They go ahead and they get evaluated. They get a careful exam by a neurologist. We find they need MRIs. And it turns out that they fall in the other category of the more serious big three. Lumbar disc injuries, nerve injuries. That's one category. Lumbar facet injuries and sacroiliac injuries. We're going to reinforce this particular discussion on future dialogues with you, the listener at Voice America Sports. This concludes this segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. I will continue to help you journey through Nerveland, Dr. Bruce Grossinger. I thank you so much for listening. Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine. Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. Injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. 
Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Bruce at BruceTheSportsDoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the fourth and final edition of Bruce the Sports Doc. As you can see, this will be our short segment. We've uh, devoted a lot of time to the uh, NFL playoffs wildcard weekend. And I want to touch upon the sports medicine uh, story of the week, which is Robert Griffin III. RG3 went out with a gruesome knee injury. And this was in the fourth quarter. You'll recall a bad snap from center. And RG3 fell to the ground. And the right knee twisted underneath him. At the time we go to air today, which frankly is um, late Sunday. And this will be broadcast on Tuesday. That's what you're hearing now. The full extent of the injury was unknown. Uh, An MRI was scheduled. And I listened carefully to Mike Shanahan's post-game press conference. He basically stated, if you didn't pull him out of the game then, you should get fired. And we saw Robert Griffith walked off the field under his own power. Of course, he was wearing a, a knee brace, and that is always a concern. That is, if he did suffer any additional injury beyond the lateral collateral ligament, that is, Uh, If he suffered a dislocation of the knee or an ACL tear, uh, even a cruciate injury, having that brace enabled him to walk off the field. And it's unclear whether he would have been able to do so without the brace. We might have seen uh, the cart come out. But um, kind of a a sad end to a great season for RG3. And we want to talk a little bit about the, uh, the injury, the original injury, which is the lateral collateral ligament strain. It was not a full tear, an LCL strain. And also I want to refer to some comments by Dr. James Andrews, who happened to, who's the famous orthopedic surgeon who happened to be on the sidelines for the Washington Redskins and had a chance to evaluate RG3 during the game and at one point allowed him to return to play after a, uh, a minor nick in the first period. Obviously the fourth quarter Looked like it, you know, at least visually devastating, and our hope is that uh, there's no for- further ligament damage. On Sunday, Dr. James Andrews, the sports surgeon 
and one of Washington's team physicians told USA Today that he never cleared RG3 to re-enter the December 9th game and expressed concern, noting that there was a prior right ACL tear in 2009 while playing in Baylor. He was concerned that he could re-injure the day. So I think that's a very good point that in discussing the injury, not only do we have the LCL, which is a ligament on the side of the, the knee, and of all, of all the ligaments, if you're going to sprain one, the LCL would be the one to do. Certainly the ACL is an important ligament in the front of the knee that keeps the knee from sliding forward. That's the most important ligament. And the ACL injuries, as you know, are especially the tears, are, are the most uh, uh, long-lasting, re- usually requiring surgery, usually a year out. You think of an Achilles tear or an ACL tear, it's usually, a, it's almost always a season-ending injury requiring surgery. So the LCL, the, uh, the, the diagnosis, of course, is instability and tenderness lateral to the knee. The diagnosis can be confirmed with an MRI of the knee, and the treatment really is, um, is, is rest, ice, elevation, and uh, eventually mobilization of the knee and bracing of the knee. And many athletes can return to play within a short time. In this case, Griffith returned, you know, actually played in the game, although apparently he wasn't cleared to return. A little bit of controversy. Mike Shanahan didn't really address that in his post-game press conference. But um, it was almost like Andrews kind of threw, threw the coaching uh, portion of the Redskins under the bus and perhaps absolved himself of any uh, culpability for the December 9th game. I think it's a good time to talk about how we as doctors, uh, sports doctors, orthopedic surgeons alike, how we actually grade the tears. Using the Roman numerals, we have grade 1, grade 2, and grade 3 LCO tears. The grade 1, of course, is the mildest one. They're able to return to the sport quickly. Most athletes miss one to two weeks. This, from all accounts, sounds like the RG3 original injury. A grade 2 tear does involve some instability. When, attempt, when attempting to cut or pivot, there's much more swelling, and usually athletes require three, three to four weeks of rest. RG3 did not require that. In grade three, which is a complete tear of the LCL, significant pain and swelling. Usually the injury occurs when the knee is bent too far inwards when stressed. And so this LCL tear is, um, is the worst. Now, We've talked a lot about knee injuries and treatment of acute knee injuries in our shows, and a lot of the same themes uh, recur when we talk about treatment. Following the acute injury, the patients are best to not be weight-bearing. So in this case, you know, if you have a right LCL injury, you usually see the patient on crutches, allowing the knee to rest. There's also the application of ice. What this does is it controls swelling and it stimulates blood flow to the area of injury. Also, anti-inflammatory medications, there's a whole host of them. Most commonly, you'll be familiar with naproxen, ibuprofen. There's a whole host of trade names and generic anti-inflammatories. That's very helpful because it controls the swelling and prevents inflammation. Uh, One difference in the modern care of knee injuries as opposed to the older care is early range of motion. So if there's not a complete tear, there's continuity of the ligament and tendon, 
we advocate uh, immediately beginning to exert range of motion on the knee and some basic knee exercises to restore mobility. Often it involves knee extensions and also strengthening the antagonistic muscles of the knee, which uh, is located, you know, not surprisingly, in the back of the knee or the hamstrings. And also, as well, doing range of motion and treatment of the ankle when there's a knee injury. Oftentimes, the abnormal kinetics of, of, of walking and certainly running cause there to be subsecondary changes distally in, in the foot and ankle. So it's very important when they're doing physical therapy to also treat and also keep be mindful of gait disturbances and problems with the foot and ankle as well as other secondary problems that could creep up in the back area. When somebody's limping, oftentimes they'll develop unleveling of their back, something we call the sacral base in medicine. And uh, there's often secondary back pain and treatment. So, you know, as doctors, certainly in our practice, we'd like to take a holistic approach to an injury. And when there is a knee injury, we, we, we look carefully for secondary or compensatory problems with the foot and ankle complex, the hip complex, and the low back complex. The time is growing short here for Bruce the Sports Doc. I want to thank all those in production that help that always help us to expedite transferring our audio clips to Voice America. They they know that I like to um, wait until the games are over. I like to, to read the injury reports. So unlike many of the hosts who are more timely in their submission of the clips, uh, Spencer the Wizard and I are uh, sometimes sneaking it at the end, and that's because we have a great production team. Again, we want to thank Jeff Spinard, the owner, the president, the Greg Poobah, wonderful guy, and also Ray Lewis, former strong safety of your Philadelphia Eagles, and also our director of Voice America Sports. Next week, we're going to have another new edition of Brutes of the Sports Stock. We're going to be doing a complete wrap-up of the divisional playoffs in the AFC and NFC. We'll also be giving you an update on return to play for the NHL, as well as uh, we might be firing up the hot stove, talking a bit of baseball. There really wasn't time for that. And I want to thank all of our listeners down the line. I'm Dr. Bruce Grossinger, Bruce the Sports Doc. Good luck and good sports. Thanks for joining the discussion this week on Bruce the Sports Doc. Tune in next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with Dr. Bruce Grossinger on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll see you then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.